Ladies and gentlemen, are you satisfied with your care? I'm Kent Garrison. And I'm Brian Gill. And this is Mad uh, About Movies. Da, 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 da. You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. Seriously? It's showtime. Mad About Movies is your go-to podcast destination for all things concerning that wonderful world of cinema. We'll give you movie news, movie rumors, and movie rumblings in the first half of the show. And in the second half of the show, we break down our chosen movie of the week. Fret not. If you are afraid of those spoilers, we will warn you before heading into spoiler territory. And make sure you stick around for the very end of the show. We give you a weekly recommend, something you need to check out ASAP. Kent, this week's movie of the week is what? This week we will be discussing Walt Disney Pictures' Big Hero 6. This is the first test of my robotics project. This is Tadashi, my older brother. 33rd test. Hello, I am Baymax. You worked! Oh, this is amazing! It is Marvel plus Disney plus animation. They don't really hammer home the Marvel in this, which surprised me. They don't. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I think maybe they were like protecting themselves a little, insulating the the MCU, if you will, from, uh, you know, in case this didn't work or, or whatever. And this is part of the discussion to be had later that, of, of course, yeah. we'll get into, but just interesting the way that this movie was marketed. Always good to talk animation every once in a while on the Mad About Movies podcast. Uh, last animated film, I believe, uh, that we discussed in full was How to Train Your Dragon 2 this past summer. Okay, yeah. Forgot about that and one. Yeah. We've uh, we've always had a great time discussing the world of animation uh, whenever possible. Definitely. So this is uh, this is no different. Walt Disney brings us Big Hero Six. This movie's been doing quite well at the mm-hmm. box office for the past few uh, weeks now. Yeah, almost a month at this point. Domestic total to date, as of today, one hundred and sixty-seven million dollars. Nice uh, on Big Hero Six. So safe to say that they've made their their one hundred sixty-five back. Yeah. Easily going to be interesting to see how this plays overseas. It had a lot, has a lot of Japanese appeal and sure. we'll talk more about that later as well. Yeah. But I'm excited. Brian Gill and I come to you this evening from the frigid confines of <laughs> Dallas, Fort Worth. It's yeah. About, where yesterday it was 98 degrees today. It's like 30. <laughs> no, no exaggeration. I was wearing shorts <laughs> yesterday and it's like 25 yeah. here today. So yeah. what better thing to do? Uh, when the winter comes around, then sit inside and podcast <laughs> our brains out. So right. here we are. We we should mention we're it's just you and me this week. We're we're missing the the third member of our show. Richard. I don't know about missing. Yeah, he's I not mean, here. I was going to say, thank goodness. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's away. Uh, let's just say he's having an implant situation this uh, this yeah. week, and yes. couldn't. Uh, no, he's he's on a cruise with his with his lovely girlfriend. So uh, I paid for his cruise so that we so Kent and I could have a week without him. And uh, so I'm excited. about Yeah, it. winter cool. came rolling around and he bolted <laughs> to the Caribbean. Yeah, no joke. So yeah. that's so that's funny. where he is this week. Apparently, they don't have very fast internet on a cruise ship. I mean, yeah. who would have thought? I, just, I know, right? I'm surprised he's tech. He's been texting us at all because I I mean it's been several years since I've been on a cruise, but it was basically I just put my phone in a in a uh, drawer and didn't get it out the entire time I was on there. When it's pics of Guy Fieri, you find a way. <laughs> Just the important stuff. Yeah. Only I the wish the listener could understand how often Richard texts us about Guy Fieri. Like, <laughs> yeah, you, it's probably like, I don't know, maybe would you guess 12% of our, of our texting oh, conversation? Yeah. yeah. 
No. You don't even have to look at his message sometimes. You just blur your eyes and you see frosted tips and you just yeah. automatically know it's a Guy Fieri related yeah. related text. But we love you, Richard. Get get yeah. here safe. Hope you're not involved in one of those uh cruise disasters. Yeah. Hope and, the uh, plants work and where you guys get uh, you know, Giardia from each other. Uh, <laughs> all that stuff. So good luck and uh we'll see you here next week. But uh it's a good thing he's he's gone. He really doesn't uh enjoy animation nearly as much as Brian and I do. He doesn't like movies, let's be honest. He really doesn't, yeah. Um, <laughs> He's the Wesley Morris of our proud <laughs> He is. It'll be good for, for you and I, Brian, to kind of break away from the normal routine and talk about Big Hero 6 and uh, all that surrounds it. So excited to do that later, but before we do that, I think there are some pressing movie news, rumors, and rumblings that we need to discuss. Movie news, yes. rumors, and rumblings. That's awesome. Let the filibustering begin. So we almost, last week, hopped on... Real quick, couldn't get couldn't get it worked out. Almost hopped on on Friday and and discussed this. Uh, we we definitely had a conversation off the air about it. Disney is is at it again, not only with the movie that's uh, tonight's movie of the week, but also promoting their other properties. And um, they've sort of gotten a head start on this one. Um, we're yes. we're a year away from this film being released, and uh, our anticipation is already almost at an all time high. Uh, more than 365 days away from the release of the film. So first teaser trailer released last Friday for Star Wars The Force Awakens. And uh, Brian had uh, a lot to say about it. He was the first person to tell me that it had officially been released. And oh, um, yeah. I guess you can attempt to put your emotions into words here. I know there <laughs> were – it was high emotion for you. Sort of, I guess, try to justify that and uh, tell us your thoughts on this uh, teaser trailer for the new Star Wars film. You know, this has been such a uh, strange ride, I guess, just since they announced uh, that we were going to get that, – that Lucasfilm sold and that we were going to get all these these new movies because it just didn't seem real uh, in a lot of ways. I it, I don't know. Like I remember where I was when – when I got that news that, that this, this will, and, and so it's kind of been, and then I kind of remember where I was when, when JJ was announced as the director and I'm, I'm, I'm a big Abrams fan and I just love what I, I have so much faith in what he's going to bring to this franchise. Uh, and, and I don't even like to call star Wars a franchise cause it's, to me, it's just so much more than that. So I've been, I've been anxiously awaiting this moment, but one of the things that, and not to get all super sentimental, but, one of the things. Oh, go for it. Be hundred percent honest here. I mean, I'm being curious. One of the things that I have been most excited about with all this, because Star Wars is my favorite movie of all time, and that's not—it's not even close. Um, those first three movies, I have watched it literally. I mean, countless numbers of times. I don't. I could not even begin to put uh, a number on the number of times that I've watched those movies. I love them so much, and, and I I equally hate the prequels because they just uh, I, I hate anything anything that you love you don't want anything to um, cheapen that or to take it take anything away from that, and the prequels just feel like such a knockoff of of the original. Um, but one of the things that I've been most excited about with this whole new trilogy and and new vision and and new people in charge and all that stuff is the knowledge that I'm going to get to share this with my kid who's you know a little over a year and a half old now and totally will not be old enough to appreciate Star Wars when this episode 7 debuts um but I'm definitely taking him to the theater with me at some point you know and I'm just so stoked that 
instead of just passing on, because I'm I'm real big on passing on the things that you love to to kids, and 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 I that's partly because I've worked with kids for the last twelve or fifteen years, and so I always make a big point of trying to any kids that I'm working with, you know, we'll go to Mavs games or we'll see movies and things like that. Like I try to, I try to mentor them in real life, but also just the, like the pop cultural thing. Cause I feel like it's important to, to show the younger generations, like things that are good, but I'm so stoked with my kid that I'm going to be able to not just pass on these films that they all came out before I was born even. Um, but I love them so much. So you enjoy these kid, you know, these are 35 yeah. or 40 years old. You're going to love these. I actually get to share with him like something that is current and something that is completely relevant, not just nostalgically or historically relevant. And uh, I'm, I mean, I'm just so pumped up about that. He loves, he's like I said, he's like a year and a half old. He loves Star Wars stuff as much as you, as a kid can love Star Wars stuff at that age. You know, he's really big into. He has a lot of R two D two stuff because he just he likes the noises and things mm-hmm. like that. Anything that you can gravitate towards at that young age and so when this trailer hit i was up early with them not early early but my wife had gone back to bed i'm like i said last week like i've been recovering from surgery and so uh she has to take on way more responsibility than the normal so she'd been up all night with them when i got up uh she went back to bed for a little while and during that time this trailer hit and so i pulled it up on my phone and he was sitting next to me on the couch we were watching tv or something and uh and we just watched it on my phone, and he was totally into it. Now, look, he's into literally any video that you can put on your phone. <laughs> he's obsessed with electronics because all kids his age are these days and uh, and all that stuff. But he was totally locked in, and it, it really it, – it, it, it emotionally impacted me both from a – like this is a rediscovery of my own childhood in some ways and at the same time knowing that my own kid is going to get to experience these things – it was really it was just a really cool uh parenting moment on top of my own personal stuff of how much I would be I mean I would be so blown away and excited about this even if I didn't have a kid but having the kid just added like a different element to that I guess and uh was just such a cool moment so I literally like, I'm sitting there watching that we watched it like a half dozen times and I was just I wasn't like weeping but I definitely had tears like coming down my cheeks and stuff cuz it was just such an exciting thing and well i'm we're going to continue to talk about the trailer i want to get your thoughts on it as well kent but it was just such a cool moment um and just understanding really it really hit home hard for the first time i guess of like in a year i'm going to be sitting in a theater with my kid watching new star wars and how cool is that you know i'm a little bit jealous of your kid (laughs) um not only that he has a parent uh, such as you that can guide him in the to the force uh, if you will, um, sure. you know, and and push him towards Star Wars. I, I my parents were trying to pull me away from Star Wars because <laughs> that's all I cared about when I was uh, younger. But I'm jealous of, of the fact that this new series is going to be his franchise. Yeah. You know, um, uh-huh. and you know, you, you were the same way. You're a little, you're you know, a few years older than me. But my franchise was the prequels. I mean, sure. Episode One came out. In 1999, uh, when I was in middle school, so it, it it was my franchise that I grew up with. I mean, I, I of course I loved the original trilogy and grew up on those, but um, never never really experienced them in the theater like I did the prequels. And so right. jealous of your son, the fact that he gets to experience this <laughs> new 
uh, actually well planned out uh, trilogy sure. um, when he, when he's younger. But let's talk about what we actually thought of the trailer itself. It was an 88 second trailer <laughs> and uh, showed us not much, but also a lot at the same time. Yeah, um, that's a great way to put my, it. My my, I was I was extremely excited uh, at this at the side of Tatooine right yeah. at the beginning. The first person we we are introduced to in the trailer is John Boyega, mm-hmm. who uh, apparently plays a, a stormtrooper. Yeah, uh, we really don't know his role. Um, I'm guessing it has something similar to do with, say, Luke and Han in, in A New Hope when they they get to the Death Star for the first time and uh, they wear Stormtrooper outfits to sort of blend in. Sure. I'm thinking that it was sort of a scene like that that they are using in the trailer. That's just my speculation. Sure. And what, so what do you what do you think about what his role uh, is? Is that how you read it? I hadn't I hadn't thought of that. That totally makes sense. I I wondered if maybe we're going to get a a stormtrooper who for whatever reason has information who flips and is, you know, yeah, coming back to whatever I guess it would be the rebels but whatever government they've set up in the 30 years since uh since return of the Jedi, but it could totally that makes sense. They could be like a a spy, like an infiltration sort of thing. That felt like and and I know it's the open of the the um the open of the trailer to me, and this is this total. Like I said, maybe just reading way too much into it. It felt like the open of a film. Like it felt like that might you, literally be what you happens. Think whenever you you see Tatooine, and then you hear the voiceover that says something has awakened. Yeah, uh, you think Boba Fett's just gonna shoot out of the sand? <laughs> That's what I thought. You know, like he had been sleeping in the Sarlacc pit this whole time. Sure. He's going to bust away. I'm still waiting for that in the movie to happen. But, yeah. You want the um, Patton Oswald thing to happen. Oh, exactly. I was like, uh, it is the <laughs> filibuster is, is coming yeah. true. Just one other little tidbit about uh, just that opening shot. As John Boyega's character sort of, you know, jumps into frame and then sort of walks out of frame or walks or turns his head, there's a black dot on his Stormtrooper outfit. Yeah. And I've, I've sort of tried to look into this a little bit to see what that's about. As far as we knew, and we had discussed this on the show, you know, in the past year, uh, the fact that J.J. Abrams and Lucasfilm going forward were going to abandon the the expanded universe, such as yeah. the novels, comic books, uh, video games, etc., that have all expanded on the original story uh, since the original trilogy came out. They were basically axing all that and going to start their own sort of uh, timeline here or canon. Sure. Start fresh, which is smart. Yeah, it, it's there's the only real much. way to there's, do it. Yeah, yeah. There's too much out there, and yeah. it. So it's smart from a creative standpoint. But it's also smart from a business standpoint because you can pretty much those books. I don't know how well any books are selling these days, but I feel like those books are fairly successful for what they are. Yeah, uh, and you can kind of just reboot that whole series and be like, hey, all this stuff doesn't matter now. Now you got to buy all these new books. You know, like that's a smart business decision on top of a creative one. But as far as they might have borrowed this from the from the expanded universe, the the black dot I saw was used in a couple of the comic books or something, and it basically meant that the, if a stormtrooper had the black dot, that it was that stormtrooper was destined for like special assignment okay. or was sort of a, a a trooper that they could put on another planet, and he's, okay. he's out there for a specific reason. Does that that make sense? Okay. Sure. So uh, maybe that has nothing to do with anything, and they just put that in there to bug fanboys, which is entirely possible, knowing yeah. JJ. Yeah. Um, but that that's just what I sort of um, – it, 
looked into. If we know if there's, I mean, if there's one thing we know about JJ is that he doesn't do anything by accident. Right. So if true. that was in there, there's a reason. Now maybe maybe it is. You're totally. You could totally be right of him just kind of. You know, throwing a little sly pander to the to the fanboy, but if there whatever the whatever the reason for it, there's a reason because JJ doesn't do anything by happenstance, right? So that's the first shot, and we we get glimpses at the other characters that are going to be introduced in this in this film and in this new series. Uh, we get we get a shot of the one uh, Oscar Isaac. Yeah, uh, driving an X-wing. So I'm assuming his role has something to do with the rebellion. Which was expected. I think we all. I, I thought he was going to be uh, Luke or Han's kid. Uh, we'll totally. have to see about uh, how that ends up. Mm-hmm. Really cool shot of the X wings yeah. coming over the water, and I'm guessing the planet was Dagobah. Could be speculation like there. That's yeah. that's what yeah. I thought. What did you think about yeah, it? Yeah, that's what it looked like. He. I'm going to guess, and this is a this is totally just shot in the dark. For whatever reason, he looked to me like uh, he looked to me like Wedge Antilles, who was the X-wing squadron yeah. leader yeah. in uh, the the original trilogy. So I don't know why, but he just kind of had like heavy makeup on and was a little chunky and stuff. So I'm wondering if maybe he's gonna be a you know some sort of the son of uh, of Wedge Antilles. That might be just super nerdery, um, but that's that's just a guess on my part. It's it's kind of funny because it almost seems as if this teaser, and this could be the case as well. This that this teaser was basically the screen test for these characters. Yeah, like yeah. you know, I could totally see that John Boyega screen test was that exact scene, um, and same with Oscar Isaac. Hey, put on this uh, X wing helmet and sit in this sure. cockpit, and we'll put a blue screen behind you and see how. Right. Oh, oh, looks great. You got the role, you know. <laughs> Yeah. And and the next character we're, we're introduced to, Daisy Ridley, I'm assuming she's uh, on the side of the Rebellion as well. Yeah. We see her on Tatooine. And so, a speeder. Riding a, like riding a speeder that looks like a dilly bar <laughs> yeah. from Dairy Queen. Sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's what I like about yeah. Texas. We, yeah, we, uh, all, <laughs> we also get a view of a new droid who uh-huh. is – who has uh, become online known as the soccer ball droid? Yeah, I've already seen. Uh, I've already seen pictures of tattoos of that. That's of one that of the droid. coolest droids I've ever seen. Honestly, yeah. yeah, and it's something that you can tell is a, is a physical prop too. Right, that somebody went and constructed that, and it's sort of like a remote control droid. I appreciate that too. So, sort of a hint at where they're going technology wise here. Yeah, but let's get to the big part of the trailer. Um, actually there's two big parts. Let's start with the, the bad first. Uh, we get our first view at the villain Mm -hmm. or possible villain here. The Sith, the uh, Sith apprentice, I'm guessing. And, um, we're not sure if the villain who does the voiceover is the same villain that is shown on screen in the trailer. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing it's two different people. I am too. I, I don't know if I'll run this by you. I think that was, I thought that was Adam driver in the, uh, with, with the lightsaber. Okay. Maybe. You and the, the, right. voice, the voice yeah. is definitely Andy Serkis. And I don't know what part Andy Serkis is playing um, because my guess is Max von, Sido, Max von Sido is the elder Sith. So that oh. would make Adam Driver the younger. But I don't, I don't know what, I don't know what, uh, what role Serkis uh, is playing because that voice was definitely quite sinister. Yeah, well, something that has to do with mo- mocap. Sure, <laughs> I mean, probably. No, probably. I'm... I'm 
I mean, Jar Jar. Honest, I mean, in all honesty, maybe there's a more organic um, source to the Force sure. or to the yeah. Sith, you yeah. know, and he's more of an alien type Sith. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is all speculation on yeah, people. Yeah, total who, speculation. Yeah. On what we want it to be. I thought it, that that voice might have been Adam Driver at first. The more I the more I listened to it. I was like, that could be Adam Driver, just with a vo- vocoder or voice box yeah. on it or something. Um, but no, uh, always the always uh, talented voice work of Andy Serkis. Yeah, uh, I saw a lot of people it. thinking it was Cumberbatch, and then uh, yeah, I, I thought it, I thought it was Driver doing like a Cumberbatch impression. Sure, yeah, because I yeah. mean he 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 could do that low voice if you have seen any of his work. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm assuming that was Adam Driver. We see with the newly designed lightsaber. What did you think about that? A lot of outcry online from the fans <laughs> um, about the new lightsaber. I thought it looked really cool, modernized. Sure. I'm not sure about the uh, little add-on to it. I'm not sure right. how appropriate or necessary that was, but of course, we'll have to see. I mean, yeah. we'll have to see the, the explanation for that, I guess, before I can make a decision on it. Sure. My first thought was it looked awesome. My second thought was it's not exactly practical <laughs> because – yeah. You know, if you're flinging that thing around, there's a chance you're you you, you might uh, zap your own wrist if you're not real if you're not holding the uh, <laughs> right the, the the lightsaber correctly. But it does make sense from a uh, from a fighting standpoint uh, because as my I, we've got a friend uh, Derek Doyle who's a, who's a listener. So shout out to Derek Doyle who uh, pointed out on Twitter that hey guys, like two <laughs> there have been like five Jedi's in the first couple movies and two of them lost hands because they didn't have a cross card on their lightsaber. I was going to so, say, maybe it has something to do with Jay <laughs> Abrams yeah. and the cutoff hand thing. Like yeah. maybe, yeah. honestly, maybe that has something to do with the reason for it. It could be a really funny, self-aware moment yeah. for Luke Skywalker to be like, guys, just put a freaking crossbar on it. Like, trust me, I've lost a hand to this already. Like, let's yeah. let's protect our, our wrists here a little bit. Um, so yeah, I, I don't, I certainly don't have a problem with it. That's, that's for sure. Um, you know, maybe a little ridiculous, but we're talking about a movie in space with, you know, droids and Ewoks and all kinds of weird things. So let's, let's forget about practicality and just go with what, uh, what looks, looks cool, I guess. Yeah. Something I can, that can, that we can be rest assured on is, is Abrams, the look and feel of the film feels right. It feels Star Wars. Yes. Um, I was scared about that a little bit. But not anymore. He's mm. he's been able to put his spin on it, but still give respect to the original. And I can already tell that yep. by this trailer. I know that's that's crazy to say, but felt you're right. It feels like Star Wars. Yeah, and and, and that's all, that's hard to say because I think we should mention and discuss a little bit the our feelings when we saw the Phantom Menace trailer for the first time. There's yeah. a lot to like in that trailer, but mm-hmm. there's also. If you really watch it, there's a lot of rigidity in the acting, and yeah. it, there's a lot of okay, this could be bad if you really look at it. Um, right. And with this, I just didn't feel that way. It, it just got me excited, and we haven't even talked about the most pivotal part of the tra- of this teaser mm-hmm. yet, mm-hmm. which we can discuss. But every single thing about it excited me, and it was better than I expected. In in, yeah. in all honesty, and so the the big climax is at the end when blasting. Uh, through the screen is the Millennium Falcon and uh, does a basically a barrel roll with the camera mounted stationary on top of it. Really cool effect. Mm-hmm. And uh, it goes flying by and, and nearly hits two TIE fighters as yeah. the 
word Star Wars crawl across the screen and huh. goosebumps. And I literally was the first time I watched it. I watched it on my TV, like on U- the YouTube app on my TV. Uh-huh. And when the title came across the screen, yeah. I went like, oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, like screamed. It was like, it, it was pretty euphoric. Yeah. And it was everything I wanted it to be with the score and everything coming oh, in. Perfect. Um, greatness. I can't wait to see it in a theater. I really can't. Like, yeah. I, I went to see a movie on Black Friday and I knew there was, it wasn't going to happen. I knew it wasn't going to happen, but there was like a 1% part of me that was like, what if, what if this trailer plays on uh, on the big screen? Because I'm dying to see it there too. But that was a, I don't know about you, Kip, but I felt like that was a perfect, I think the whole teaser trailer is perfect because it introduces you, like we said, to all these new characters in very, very brief fashion, gives you a taste of what to expect as far as the new stuff coming, but closes with, the money, you know, like goes yeah. to something that they know we we love, that we long for, the the fanboys really really want to see, and uh, kind of ties in the new with the familiar, which I'm guessing this is kind of what this whole movie is going to be like. And that was, I yeah, I'm with you. I like I said, I cried, and I was just so I, I was blown away by how how much uh, you could derive from an 88 second teaser trailer. Um, it, if nothing else, just just from tone and feel and all that stuff, because it, man, it just felt like back to, it felt like it felt like a Star Wars movie, but in 2014, which you know is it's just such a new thing because those prequels never ever really felt like Star Wars movies. Yeah. Even I mean, at their best, the the best moment of the prequels is probably the duel of the fates with with uh, Qui Gon Jinn and Obi Wan and Darth Maul, and that's like a 15 minute scene. And there's nothing else in the rest of the prequels, I don't think, that really felt like cinematic Star Wars um, besides right. that that one scene. So um, this is like, I don't know, it's like new territory in some ways. And it's just so, I know we were all nervous about it, even though I, I think you and I are on the same page, Kent, of being, of being really excited and optimistic about this. But I think there was this element of, maybe without even being able to admit it to myself, like I'm nervous that this isn't going to come out right. And I don't have any of that anymore. I mean, the millennium Falcon hasn't been seen on screen since return of the Jedi, literally mm-hmm. since until that trailer last Friday. Yeah. So like the internet literally shut down. It exploded <laughs> yeah. when that millennium Falcon thing uh, hit the web and it looks incredible. Um, extremely impressed just visually with what, yeah. They brought us so far, and there's they still got a, a year left to work on this. Mm-hmm. So, just very intrigued to see what they have up their sleeves. Another interesting thing to note of a few we can do a whole podcast on this trailer if we want, by the way. <laughs> we might as well do that at this point. Um, we don't get a view or glimpse of any of the returning characters, yeah, uh, not one, not one view of, of Harrison Ford, no Carrie Fisher, no Mark Hamill. No Chewbacca, no C-3PO, no R2-D2 yep. in the trailer. No Boba Fett as well. So that surprised me a little bit. I, I thought maybe we would it, we would see a glimpse, like silhouette of Chewbacca or something. You know, sure. Just something to, to say to the Star Wars fans of old, hey, remember this? Yeah. We're back, you know? And I think they may have, might have done that with the Millennium Falcon. Like, yes. Like, yeah. if that's in there, then these other people are in here too. Yeah, it's um, kind of a character in and of itself. And so sure. 
I think that's I've speculated before that I don't I I kind of don't expect um Skywalker and the solos and Chewbacca like I don't expect the the old cast to be that big of a part of this film and of this franchise. I kind of think this is going to be kind of a passing of the torch situation. Uh, and that again is just total speculation on my part. If that's the case, then this is the then that's it's wise of of JJ and and all involved to uh, kind of keep their faces, if nothing else, out of it as much as possible to kind of uh, keep from setting people up for failure. I guess of just like, well, I wanted to see Han Solo, and he's only in the movie for ten minutes. You know, right. um, I think that's a, a smart choice. And like he's like we both said, the 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 Falcon is its own his own character in so many ways. And so showing that I thought, man, I just thought it was perfect. I thought it was a perfect way to transition from the, the new to the old and, and shit say, Hey, we're tying these guys together and it's going to be pretty awesome. I'm going to go the opposite though. And say, I think that this movie is going to heavily star sure. the old cast. And, um, it's going to set up the, the passing of the torch at the end of the film to the new cast. Sure. They really did cast unknowns and a lot of these may i mean basically unknowns i mean if yeah. you, unless you are a big fan of inside lewin davis which not many people were <laughs> yeah you know and you know who the person behind the voice of Gollum was and you're a right. big fan of andy circuses uh you're not going to be gonna, there's not going to be much to bring you to the theater other than the fact that this is star wars uh so i think that this movie is going to be the the main people we're used to for the majority of the time but they're saving that reveal for at least a full length trailer, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. um, which yeah. I'm okay with because totally. we've got a year left for that year, dude. We got to wait a year. Yeah. <laughs> the most depressing part of the, of the trailer was when it says December, 2015 at the end, you're like, yeah. Ugh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we'll be getting a lot of great details, you know, over the next six months uh, to a year about the making of this film, more plot details coming out. Uh, more trailers, of course. I, I'm assuming the next trailer we're going to get is this summer, um, maybe attached to Avengers, I would assume, the next uh, – since it's a Disney – big Disney property as well. So yeah. maybe maybe um, Cinderella, maybe a look or something. <laughs> I don't know. Sure. Whatever Disney's pushing, I assume we'll get, we'll get a full-length yeah. Star Wars trailer uh, in the next six months or so. So I would give this trailer a really good grade. Um it impressed me a lot. Yeah. Not much to complain about here. Uh, one other little note to say about it. Interesting to say that none of it takes place in space. Like, no, yeah. not one scene of it. So that's also kind of surprising and intriguing, too. Uh, this scene. Mm-hmm. I've never seen TIE fighters fly around on a planet before, but I have yeah, now. Yeah, I haven't either. It's a new thing. In this, yeah. So cool, yeah. to, cool to see where they're going to take it. Uh, totally. Never really thought the trailer for the new Star Wars would be basically X-Wings water skiing, and it would get me <laughs> just psyched. Uh, yeah. So. I think that's all we should really talk about for movie news this week. Sort of an abbreviated segment, but not really. We went about <laughs> about 30 minutes first half of the show <laughs> just talking about that trailer. So, listeners, uh, feel free to email us your thoughts on the trailer. We love, uh, we love all that, and we will include some of your thoughts. Uh, in next week's show, if if we see uh, appropriate, but of course we are would have been anointed for the past year and a half the official podcast of Star Wars. Uh, George Lucas himself anointed us that at the uh, George Lucas Con yeah. <laughs> at, at, at Skywalker Ranch. He invited right. us out there, gave us robes, 
uh, Jedi robes <laughs> embroidered with yeah. uh, with his initials. So we're on the Lucasfilm Christmas card list now. So yeah, that's nice. It's always good. So without further ado, Brian, let's move on and let's talk Disney's Big Hero Six. Reports are flooding in about a major no. catastrophe. We gotta catch him. We can't go against that guy. We're nerds. Trust me, I know about robotics. We can be way more. Anybody else's suit riding up on him? So I think this is the first animated film from Disney since last year and the hit Frozen, which took the world by storm last winter. <laughs> no pun intended. Which you were a big fan of, mm-hmm. Brian. Yeah. And so this is the first affair that we have seen from Disney in the uh, in wide release, at least, uh, since then. And like I said, big movie. $167 million domestically and $224 million worldwide uh, so far, and uh, looks to be uh, repeating the success of uh, films prior. So mm-hmm. what are your initial thoughts of this? What were your expectations for it? And uh, let's break down general thoughts right now. Uh, Big Hero 6. Go ahead, Brian. Yeah, I didn't know anything about this property um, beyond the fact that it's Disney Animation, which has been really good for the last oh six years or so uh and obviously traditionally is is great it definitely has kind of that pixar vibe which is what disney's going for under john lasseter they i mean obviously i know those two are tied together but uh i think the last few years it's kind of felt like the better properties have been going towards disney animation versus pixar animation but they still kind of have that pixar feel to them um, which is which is fine. I have no real issue with that, and that's that's great. I knew it was a Marvel thing, but I I, I didn't. I literally didn't do any research about it. Usually for uh, a movie like this, like I'll have at least some you know a Wikipedia entry or something uh, to kind of give me a, a basis. But it just looked pretty interesting, and um, I'm 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 very interested in how the Marvel Disney cooperation can work in ways outside of the traditional, uh, MCU. And, uh, so this was kind of a, I think this was kind of a test on what they could do with that and how the, the animated side of things could work. I think it's a smart way to do it too, based on how, um, you know, this, I mean, this, this, I guess this comic book, and again, I know nothing about it, takes place in San Francisco. Is that, I think uh-huh. that's right, yeah. which is not a real place. So it's a good. So what I mean is, it's a good place for to kind of have a standalone um, and maybe build your own franchise off of it if it does well. Which I think we'll we'll see that now for sure. But uh, it's a good one to kind of throw to Disney Animation because it can't really quite tie into the MCU as a live action because it takes place in, in a fake place. Um, so so that's a smart choice on their part. Uh, but as far, as far as just the movie goes. I really enjoyed it. I, it's not great. I might, I probably would put, uh, as far as animated films go, I'd probably put uh, uh, How to Train Your Dragon 2 ahead of it for the year. As far as like the most recent Disney fair go, I mean, it's, it's on par with everything. I don't think it's as good as Wreck-It Ralph or uh, even Frozen, which is getting ser- totally deservedly is getting massive backlash at this point because it's just been beaten into the ground. Um, but was a really it's a really good film and and uh anyway it, it's on par with 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 all that stuff with tangled with with all the the recent 
uh, Disney stuff. But I like that it has a – it's a little more open to both genders, I guess, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. It's a superhero movie, but it's also – it's got a lot of female characters and it doesn't feel gender exclusive, which you kind of can get with the 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 uh, princess stories and you definitely can get with the superhero stuff. So it's a good – I think it's a good blend on that front, which is great, especially for kids. So uh, yeah, I really – I liked it. It's fun and it's enjoyable and it had enough comedy, I think, to keep – both adults and kids laughing and it moved at a brisk pace and that's kind of all and it looks good so that's really all you can really ask for from an animated films in a lot of ways so uh i i enjoyed it quite a bit what about you kent yeah i did too and i didn't expect to that much um it wasn't a film that really excited me Mm -hmm. uh to be honest from the get-go one that i had to convince myself sort of to get interested in but i'm glad i did um you said this looks good this looks great yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, old, it, I undersold it for sure. <laughs> it's a it's a visual spectacle. I mean, it's an absolute treat to watch this animation. Uh, it's some of the best animation I've ever seen. Definitely the best I've seen from Disney in the, in a long time. I think Frozen has its moments, but I don't feel like animation wise it really pushed the boundaries as much as it could have or should have. You know, the Let It Go song is good. The Build a Snowman song is good, but mm. other than that, it's just sort of plain. Jane uh, Disney affair, which is sure. which is fine, but um, I mean, compared to this and compared to Wreck It Ralph, uh, yeah. as far as originality, I was pretty let down. But sure, uh, this is this is awesome. Uh, I mean, if I was a kid, sub ten years old, I would be eating mm-hmm. this up. Uh, this is something that I would have really enjoyed. Uh, it's a good mixture of of appealing to adults, kids, and boys and girls alike. I agree there. It has a superhero element, but it also has this sort of uh, down-to-earth story um, mm-hmm. underlying it, and I really appreciated that. But it's also really smart to sort of put it in this universe, and I don't know if this is a conscious decision by Disney or not, you know, if they even considered this when they acquired the rights to the uh, the characters, that um, what a cool crossover this is between the American superhero culture that we've it's become so big in the past 10 years uh, cinematically with Marvel and with Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight series and, and such to take that success and to cross it over with the success of anime um, yeah. and uh, sort of the manga cartoons, especially on the internet become so popular. I think that's really cool. And uh, I love the crossover individual style at least between the japanese art and the american art uh as far as animation was really cool and uh like i said just a an absolute feast for the eyes speaking of feast we get a short film at the beginning of the film that that preceded big hero 6 called feast it was about a young puppy who was adopted and uh subsequently uh goes through quite the uh story (laughs) with his owner yeah and we're Totally started weeping during that. Did that you? was I did not expect that at all. I mean, I always love those shorts, but that one was like, oh wow! Like it just hit me right in the in the feeling section of my body, and uh, so I just <laughs> the like, feeling section of your body. I was just like, my wife and I both were, you know, we're out for a, a nice day without the child, and uh, and we're both just in, <laughs> just like just weeping in the middle of this theater. Yeah. I did not expect that at all. So. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Disney. Uh, <laughs> it's it's incredible to see, and this is truly dumbfounding. That no matter how good Up was, no matter how good Frozen is, no matter how good uh, 
at any Disney Pixar property that they release, they always one up themselves by the the uh, short that precedes the movie. Uh-huh. It's always yeah. better. It's always yeah. the the thing you leave talking about. And uh, I, I think the the visual style of Feast was uh, was really great too. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if they could expand on that visual style, the animation technique that that could be really something special. Director Patrick Osborne uh, did that little short, so hats off to him. Uh, for that, and it's worth you know seeking out. I, I hope that they, and I know Pixar has done this. I don't know if Disney per se has done it. They they'll release a uh, DVD of just the shorts, you know, like once every yeah. ten years or so. I've got the first two. You do? Uh, okay. Yeah, Pixar shorts. Yeah. yeah, those are really cool. So I'd uh-huh. be interested in seeing uh, Feast again, if at all possible. So let's talk about this movie. Um, I think the production design is. Fantastic. Sure. Like character design, production design is is as good as I've seen in animation in a long time. And I mean, I, I really liked the production design in How to Train Your Dragon 2. Uh, I think that was my probably my my favorite of the year. I agree with you, Brian, as mm-hmm. far as animation goes. But this was this was just awesome. What a what a what a pleasure it was to watch this character Baymax. Yeah, um, on screen and how original the design was mm-hmm. to make an inflatable robot. I never thought I would see that come to fruition. Yeah, and to have one that actually looks real um, was really cool. It was a really interesting way that they straddled the line of realism and uh, cartoony animation, caricature type animation here. Sure. So I I liked that. But what did you think of of Baymax? Uh, that's a great character. That's one that will absolutely delight my own child you know in a year or so when when we get this on on blu-ray and watch it at home he will go nuts for for baymax uh and i know like our friend sean o'connell who's been on the on the pod before tweeted about how much his kids loved it uh love that character you know it, it reminded me a lot of of the kind of like r2d2 sort of thing but on a much it's like r2d2 plus c3po but with a little more um heart i guess which is which is kind of cool the way that they used uh that he that they used betamax baymax excuse me not betamax, betamax. <laughs> i knew that was gonna happen i've been trying this whole time like, the, the walking talking videotape yeah, yeah the uh, yeah that uh, um, <laughs> lost the format wars in the 1980s. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, they used him really well throughout the film to like for various reasons. Like to you, they used him as kind of the like sentimental stuff. They used him as the comedic relief. They used him as hero's conscience, which is great too. Uh-huh. Um, I, I love the kind of versatility of a, as you said, an inflatable robot, which is such a strange thing to to compliment, I guess, but. Um, I thought he was a great character and one that I think on his own combined with the, uh, the money that it's taken in so far, I think that's, that's like a character that I think you can put on a poster for big hero six part two, you know, and, and you'll sell it just as well as you might any of these other, you know, big time, uh, important characters from an animated film. You know what I mean? Like you, you can stick Baymax in your, in all of your promotional stuff for the second film and, uh, you'll do just fine by that. I think we're getting a minions movie. Uh, you could do a standalone Baymax movie. I'm sure. Yeah, totally. Totally. And it would, it would work too. Uh Uh, secondary characters here or not so secondary. Uh, we have hero voiced by Ryan Potter. Uh huh. Uh, and we have, Tadashi, voiced by Daniel Henney. A really cool relationship there. 
Uh-huh. I, I loved a lot of the sequences at the beginning, just uh, setting up the story uh, and the exposition. I really enjoyed as well. The introduction of San Francisco, the city itself is, is great. And a lot of the uh, pleasure that I took from watching this movie came from just the scenery sort of establishing shots of the city were fantastic at the beginning uh-huh. and what a cool blend of San Francisco and Tokyo it was. Uh-huh. And that goes back to sort of the, what I was talking about earlier about blending the styles of anime and uh, sort of this American animation or Disney animation. Uh, they do that not only in the characters and, uh, and ba- Baymax himself, but in the city, they, they combine the color of Tokyo with the architecture of San Francisco. So yeah, really cool and innovative. And something – it's a place that I would like to see other animated movies set uh, sure. in this timeline. So hopefully they can expound on that a little bit more. And uh, the the characters, the brothers of, of Hiro and Tadashi, I like their relationship. Robot battling yeah. kid or whatever. I mean, when are they going to give up the idea that in the future we're going to battle robots? I mean – I don't know. Is Spike TV still showing that stuff? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> BattleBots was on Spike TV for two seasons. Didn't work. Yeah. Uh, it's not – we should give that up, guys. Well, we we should give that one up, but we should not give up the basketball on trampolines. That that needs slam to come ball. Back. Yeah. Slam ball. We yeah. need slam ball. <laughs> uh, that was that was awesome. We well, need I'm ball. I'm hoping Rollerball makes a comeback <laughs> as well. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it was the worst movie. Uh, but the original or the the Chris Klein version? The Chris Klein one. I remember seeing that in the theater, being Jeez, so dude. stoked. And remember when like, Chris Klein was a thing? Good grief. Rebecca Romaine. Mm. <laughs> awesome movie. That there. might be the worst movie ever. Like, no, <laughs> no okay. joke. I, that was the first point in my life. I don't know how old. It was 2002, like, when that came out. Yeah. I saw I that in so. the theater, and I, that was the first point in my life where I thought, wow, movies can actually be bad. <laughs> you know, because there's... for you at that point? There's always this point when you're growing up. I speak for myself here, but it might have been the same way growing up for you. Um like my parents would always drop me off with the babysitter or something sure. and they would go to the movies and then they would come home and we'd be like, how was the movie? They'd be like, good. It was good. You know, yeah. every yeah. time for years, <laughs> every time they went to the movies, they'd come home and be like, how was it? Good. So yeah. I just figured that if it's in a theater, it's right. good. It's gotta be good. Yeah. You know, cause it's in a theater. Yeah. Uh, that was the first point where I said to myself, wow, this, this could be, <laughs> movies can be bad. And yeah. here we are today, you know, That's talking funny. about that movie. I've said before, Shawshank was the movie that, that opened my eyes to like, oh, film can be more than just entertainment. Like film can be significant and mean something. Yeah. Anaconda was the movie that taught me that, oh, <laughs> movies can suck too. Okay. Yeah. I did not realize I was so pumped for Anaconda. I was 13 years old. I, I mean, there could not be anything there's nothing in in the movie Anaconda, like in the trailer, that's not like, yup, like check check mark on a 13 year old uh, checkbox. I'm like, yes, right. this is awesome. And for whatever reason, <laughs> I don't want to remember this so well, but like my brother, who was probably like nine at the time, he and I convinced my grandpa to take us to see it when we were there visiting him over the summer. And this is a guy who never goes to the movies, but for whatever reason, he took us to see it. And it was so bad. Like, I thought he might disown us, like, might just leave us at the theater. <laughs> he was so angry. And even I, I, like, walked out. And my brother was like, that was awesome. And I was like, no, that movie was terrible. Just terrible. So that's funny that Rollerball is <laughs> well, the one. <laughs> any true fan would know that the Anaconda series doesn't get good until Anaconda 3 in 2008. <laughs> Anaconda 4, Trail of Blood in 2009. Oh, man. 
Anaconda 3 stars David Hasselhoff. Wish you didn't Does know that. It? Yeah. I'm trying to think who else was in uh, Anaconda. I know it's John Voight and Jen Lopez. Let's let's look this up. Let's take a break. Oh, Ice Cube, obviously. And uh yeah, Ice Cube, uh Eric Stoltz and and the one that we always forget, uh our own Owen Wilson is, is uh, in that film. I forgot. <laughs> There's four Anaconda films, so that just tells you about what American uh, film society is all about. I but I digress. Um, we go from BattleBots to Anaconda. I like it. <laughs> Pretty relevant. Right. Um, so we have Hero, who who wants to be this BattleBot uh, king master, and we have his brother, Tadashi, who is this whiz kid in this robotics college. Hero decides to himself that he wants to be like his older brother, get into this school and achieve his dreams uh, in robotics. So, uh, cool relationship we see building there. Uh-huh. Uh, we should get into spoilers now before we discuss anything uh, else that happens in the film. So, go see Big Hero 6. Uh, we enjoyed it. If you haven't uh, seen the film, stop now, go see it, and then continue this podcast uh, as you leave the theater. But if you have seen the film, feel free to stay with us till the end of this conversation. So, spoilers coming up now for Big Hero 6. Midway or uh, a little bit more than midway through the film, Tadashi is apparently killed in a in a fire, and Hiro and Baymax are unable to save him. Subsequently, uh, leading us to our villain, Alistair Cray. Am Cray. I saying that right? Yeah, that so. ish Cray, voiced by the one uh, O'Malley candidate, Alan Tudyk. Oh yeah, totally. And uh, there we are. We find out the intentions of. Of Alistair Cray and uh, Robert Callahan, the professor, voiced by James Cromwell, that uh, Hero has invented microbots, and these microbots can be controlled telepathically uh, to do whatever you want. And just a great recipe for no villain would ever take advantage of that 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 plot line, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like, seriously. Like this isn't going to come back to bite him. All you have to do is have this headband on, and you they'll do whatever your mind thinks of. I was like, okay, this is this is going to come into play later, and it did. We find out that uh, Callahan is behind hijacking Hero's invention against him and against uh, Tadashi, and uh, we find out later that Callahan's daughter has been uh, abandoned or lost in an experiment and gone awry by Alistair mm-hmm. Cray's company uh, to teleport people, which is something that, you know... It, I'm hoping, you know, I'm a big supporter <laughs> of technology. I'm hoping that there's an R&D lab somewhere in America. Yeah, yeah. get that uh, puppy on Kickstarter. I'll fund that tomorrow. Uh, if you can <laughs> teleport me in the next 10 years, uh, yeah. I'll pay taxes all, all you want. <laughs> sure. But uh, so that was, there's the plot line. And it was really, really fun to see this play out. What a fun ride this was. Uh-huh. And, and not a dull moment, really. It's, it's really easy to follow. Which I appreciated, but it wasn't too kiddy. Uh, mm-hmm. I could mm-hmm. tell, you know, if you've got a young kid, you know, four years old, he might have trouble following this, he or she. Sure. But um, definitely not too kiddy for a, an adult, you know, mid twenties like like me or you, late fifties, to uh, <laughs> sure. to enjoy. So yeah. I liked that. Now, secondary characters here, we have the one. <laughs> The, the the breakout star of the year comedically T.J. Miller who has been in everything sure. in 2014 he really has so including 2014's best film Transformers <laughs> he, he was in that he was also in uh, How to Train Your Dragon two uh-huh. his voice to that and uh, 
Silicon Valley, a breakout comedy on HBO. His voice was uh, the voice of Fred, stoner type character, which is a must in any uh, ensemble cast <laughs> for animation. You got to have a stoner character for a kid's movie. Right. Jamie Chung as the voice of Gogo. Damon Wayans Jr. as the voice of Wasabi. And uh, Genesis Rodriguez as Honey Lemon, the voice. And we also get the one uh, future American treasure, Maya Rudolph, as the voice of Cass. Sure. Obviously, in the nicknames of the characters, a Japanese influence there as well yeah. with Wasabi. So uh appreciated that uh that reference that line of reference for for our us fanboys so like i said just a really fun ride here Mm -hmm. um interesting to see where they took baymax from the beginning to the end um we should clarify for if you're still with us and haven't seen the film uh baymax is sort of this invention by tadashi sure uh hero's brother as sort of a first aid robot Right. I guess you could put it. Home healthcare, yeah. Home healthcare, you're right. And uh, they use sort of the tools, the gadgetry that Tadashi invents for it to, say, find a villain. Uh, there's a point in the in the film where Baymax records the uh, health data of the enemy, and they are able to use that health yeah. data to track him later in the film to find him. So sure. uh, they, I'm glad to see they made it make sense. But uh, one other aspect of it is the computer chip on which Baymax runs – and uh, Tadashi's when he invented Baymax, uh, he put him with this set of chips that's the heart of Baymax, uh, the the first aid, the compassion. And uh-huh. uh, Hero creates a chip that is all fighting technique. It's programmed with karate moves, and it, it's programmed to kill. So it's interesting to see the way that they use a physical chip to sort of convey emotion, different emotion. Uh, to a kid, I guess you could, that's a that's a way you could convey that to a kid. Mm. Oh, when he has the the mean chip, he's mean. When he has right. the good chip, he's good. So I, that was really cool how they were able to reference that. Yeah, these these films, the the Toy Stories of the of the world, the Frozen's and the the Disney's always have heart, but uh, they sort of translate heart into a computer program here. So sure, cool to see how they were able to put that in the twenty uh, first mm-hmm. century. So. Really good voice cast. I'm, I yeah, was impressed. Very good. I, I, that's one of the. I, there's a lot of reasons why Disney animation in 2014 is so much better than it was in 2004. Um, but one of them, I think, is is the voice cast. It's it's gotten back to. It, they've got names, and we know a lot of these names. But I don't know that the average uh, the average attendee of this film, the audience audience member, has, you know, knows who. Uh, Genesis Rodriguez is or or TJ Miller or whatever and so it's more about picking the right people for these roles and then blending their their voice talents together and into a seamless whole rather than hey we got uh, we got a big name for this uh, which is smart that's something that I, I think I harp on pretty much every episode that we do on 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 an animated film but I was very impressed with the voice cast. I thought Damon Wayans Jr. was really good as yeah. the Wasabi. He's having a great year. His his bit. I've never been a huge fan of his or um, most of the Wayans clan. But let's uh, be honest, Damon Wayans is the best Wayans. Yeah, if there and, is, and, if we have and, to choose, and for Damon me, Wayans like, Jr. is fine too. As yeah, well. yeah. For me, up, up until Damon Wayans Jr., I don't know that I would be upset if I never heard from any of the other Wayans. <laughs> Racist. <ever. laughs> I just. 
I've never uh, Damon Wayans. I've gotten some enjoyment out of the rest of them. I mean, Sixth Man is a great film, but uh, you know, Ghost Basketball Players. No, uh, Damon Wayans Jr. is <laughs> having a great year. With he's great on New Girl, um, and he's had a couple couple movie roles as well. So I I I gravitated towards him. Alan Tudyk is one of my favorite character actors, just because of. Firefly and Serenity always does something cool, and he's uh, he's turning into like a go-to guy for Disney animation, where he's playing a role in like every film that they do, which is pretty cool. I like that yeah. continuity, you know, like Pixar has with some of their guys. So, um, yeah, really good voice cast, and and a, they did a great job of of blending them together as characters and as actors, I guess. It's most exciting for me, and I'm I'm a huge animation guy. Uh, I Anytime we, that I can get y'all to agree to, to to do an animated movie on the podcast, I really I really like it. Um, sure, big fan of horror and animation. Uh, two of my top three genres, probably besides science fiction, but that's conversation for another day. But it's exciting to me with all the animation that we've gotten the past, you know, four or five years. It's exciting to me to actually be presented with something new, fresh that can go somewhere that I'm interested to see a sequel. You know, I, yeah. I'm interested to see this, this universe, uh, explain more, expanded upon more, uh, these new six heroes that were introduced to, uh, really, uh, not since the Incredibles have I felt like these heroes could, could be in their own movies, you know, and, and there are movies that I would want to see. But I mean, my point is it's easy to go and say, let's make five Smurfs movies and make a billion dollars and call it right. a day, you know, yeah. with kids, you really can just if if it, like you were making the point earlier if if it's on the screen my kids going to like it and watch it you know and yeah. nothing is more true than animation kids don't even know what's said half the time but right i appreciate disney uh aware of the fact that we we can make these good and interesting and fun and something people actually want to see rather than something that they have to see with their kid cuz mm-hmm. it's all that's out so me leaving the theater i felt encouraged at the direction of, of Disney animation. And we, it, it was made known this past week that frozen two is, is happening. So no surprise there, but um, it's interesting. It's going to be fun to see where, if they, how fast they act upon more big hero six uh, films and maybe another record Ralph or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we had this conversation when we talked about uh, how to train your dragon Two. looked at the past of DreamWorks animation Mm-hmm. And uh, and saw the progression of theirs of of them, but in my mind, at least how I view them, I sort of feel like Pixar and Disney are one and the same at this point. I mean, there are, I think Toy Story three was their first official film together, but uh, I sort of put them in the same category at this point. The line has been blurred, especially even sure. with the styles of the films. The line yeah, has I been think, blurred. I think Wreck It Ralph is the one that did that because I Wreck It Ralph mm-hmm. see looks and feels like a Pixar movie, not a Disney movie. And then the, the the reverse of that is Brave that looks and feels like a Disney movie but is a Pixar movie. Those came out the same year and that just like I think that jacks up the whole the whole thing for us because it's 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 blurs the line as you said. So in March fourth, two thousand and sixteen, from Disney animation we have Zootopia. Okay. Not familiar with no that like I said, it is coming out in 2016. Right. So I don't see anything currently scheduled for, for next year. 
uh, for Disney. I'm assuming they're going to concentrate on Avengers and Star Wars mm-hmm. uh, for yeah, their they, promotion. Got yeah, exactly. It's directed by Byron Howard. He uh, did Bolt and Tangled for Disney. Okay. And it'll be the 55th Walt Disney animated classic film mm. released. Um, so it's about a fast-talking fox named Nick who lives in a city of animals called Zootopia, divided into neighborhoods like Tundra Town, Sahara Square, Little Rodenta, and uh, Burrow Burrow. <laughs> okay. So uh, the fox goes on the run when he is framed for a crime he didn't commit. Zootopia's uh, top cop, a self-righteous rabbit, uh, is hot on his tail. <laughs> okay. So could be could be fun. Uh, we have Moana in November of 2016. Uh, it's a musical. It's set in Polynesia. So uh, okay. Something along the lines of Pocahontas or Mulan. Sure. It's based on Polynesian mythology. So okay. there you go. All right. We have Giants coming in 2018. And um, it is based on the fairy tale Jack and the Beanstalk. And uh, 2018 in November, we have Frozen 2 uh, released. Mm-hmm. So those four sure. are the ones coming down the pipes for Disney. I don't see any Wreck It Ralph or Big Hero 6 sequels. Uh, currently scheduled, but uh, you know, sure. I'm sure in the coming weeks we'll we'll be made aware of at least Big Hero Six's yeah uh, future. I, I'm looking at that, and it looks like there's an open slot in their schedule in 2017. So that's okay. I think that's a natural landing spot for a Big Hero Six uh, sequel, and then they've got a spot in 2018 as well. So okay. either one of those I think could work. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, it is something that interests me, and mm-hmm. it's. I can't say that much about anything that they've come out with since I don't know. I'm looking. I mean, look at the bat last Disney film that I really liked, uh, Emperor's New Groove in 2000. Mm-hmm. Would probably be it. Uh, since then, they've released Atlantis: The Lost Empire, Lilo and Stitch, Treasure Planet, which was pretty fun. I like. I liked uh, Treasure Island. So, uh-huh. uh, Brother Bear in 2003, Home on the Range. Forgot about that. Wow. Ugh, that Chicken Little in 2005, followed by Meet the Robinsons. Ugh. Bolt, The Princess and the Frog in 09, followed by Tangled, yep. Winnie the Pooh, Wreck It Ralph, and Frozen. Mm-hmm. So not a not a big great run. Uh, I that, that's half the reason I'm convinced that Frozen was so big is because wow, this doesn't suck. You know, I, <laughs> it's like, I think I think it it's. There started to be a shift with Princess and the Frog. That one I, is not a. I don't think that's a, a classically great Disney film by any means, but it does. It, it got buzz because yeah. it had a an African American as the as the lead, and I think that was a positive note for the for the um, studio as a whole. I think since Tangled, two thousand and ten. They've done really well. Tangled is. I think Tangled is a really good film for. I mean, for an animated princess uh type film um and i think that's like kind of the the mark for me of the turning point of the studio i think that's the first lassiter film uh that he was involved with as the you know the studio head or whatever Mm -hmm. so i think that made a difference because they spent like two years revamping that one uh to make it a better film and i i think it's a i think that's a fine film um what was the next is the next one wreck it ralph is that yeah Wreck-It Ralph is great. I love Wreck-It Ralph. That's one of my favorite, all-time favorite Disney films. And then Frozen last year was just a 
colossal, ridiculously massive success, even if you are rightly, like I said, completely beaten down with it by this point <laughs> because of how uh, how insanely popular it got and how it was just every it has been everywhere uh, for the last year and a, almost year and a half it seems like, but I guess it's just been a year. Let's move on to grades. Sure, and um, I w- I'll suggest this highly. I would say for me personally, I put it ahead of Wreck-It Ralph. Okay. Um, Wreck-It Ralph was great for what it was, but there was an element about it that felt like they were trying to cling on to too much uh, what what they had had success with in the past. Mm. Uh, I love the pop culture aspect of it, and you know it's something that they share with with Toy Story. Like, oh, I remember playing Sonic the Hedgehog when I was younger, you know? Sure. Uh, so I appreciated that, but um, there was a little bit of, okay, they're trying to just kind of do what Toy Story did but with video games. So, you know, I enjoyed it, but uh, I love the originality of Big Hero 6, and it's something I've never seen before, truly. So I'll give it an A+. Plus. Okay. Really like this, and uh, would definitely see another one. Um, just a side note. I wasn't able to find a screening in 3D. Did this movie not come out in 3D or was it only the first week or weekend? Because um, I feel like this one could have done gangbusters in 3D. I sure. would have really liked to see it in 3D. But. Yeah, it, w- it was in 3D, but like I said, we, we were about a month behind on it. So when I saw I saw it uh, about a week before you did, I think, and it, it mm-hmm. was – I had the option of 3D if I'd, if I'd wanted it, but I hate 3D, so I didn't, uh, I didn't take them up on that. But there were a couple of uh, sweeping, uh, long takes that would have looked really cool. When Baymax 3D, is, is fully equipped with his flight suit for the mm-hmm. first time and, yeah. and Hero takes him on his test flight, yeah. what, one of the best animated sequences I've seen this yeah, it year. Great. It rivals it great. What, what DreamWorks was able to do with mm-hmm. Toothless and How to Train sure. Dragon 2 uh, on some of those scenes. But uh, it would have, I think it would have done really well in 3d if I was able to see it in 3d, which I wasn't. So that disappointed me uh, sure. a little bit, but, um, one more side note before you give your grade, I sure. really liked the, uh, animation of the, the micro bots themselves. Yeah, that was cool. Uh, really cool how they did that. And, um, it rivals what, what was done by Warner in the Lego movie earlier this year, as far mm. as complexity of animation, like, dude, that must've taken yeah. so long to animate. I still think the Lego movie is number one this year for like if the Oscar was to come out today, I think Lego movie would still probably win. But Big Hero sure. 6 is close. I haven't seen the box trolls, but Leica always usually gets gets attention for their animation, stop motion animation. Sure. So you have, that needs to be applauded their effort too as well. So what's your grade for this, Brian? I'm a little lower than you. I mean, I really liked it, but uh, I I would have it as the. I think we've seen three animated films this year, and this would be my third of those three. So, um, again, not to say that it's not good. There were a few. I just didn't find the plot to be all that interesting, which is part of it. I mean, it's a fairly, it's a fairly unoriginal plot done in an original way. I'll say it like that. You know, uh, we've seen all of these this done before, just not quite like this. So, uh, but it looks great. I enjoyed all the characters. It's it's a it's a really I really like the film a lot, um, but I would have it below both Lego Movie and How to Train Your Dragon two so far this year for uh, animated films. So I'm going to give it an A minus. Cool. We'll see if it can live up uh, and stay near the top uh, by the end of the year when Paddington yeah. Bear is released. Oh God, uh, I might yeah. knock it off the pedestal. Yeah, there, that looks but... great. Hey, did you uh, did you catch the Stan Lee 
uh, cameo. <laughs> I did, yeah. That was pretty. I, I started I laughing, yeah. and no one else in my theater knew what I was laughing about, and it was kind of an awkward. Yeah, he was in the family moment. portrait. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was that is that was cool. briefly shown on it. the wall. Uh, yeah. So hard to recognize animated Stanley, but mm-hmm. uh, still he was there. So good to see that, and uh, made me laugh too. Anxious to see the Easter eggs in here. I was yeah. looking for a lot of uh, Pixar Disney Easter eggs in the backgrounds of a lot of the scenes, but wasn't able to find many. So that sure. that second viewing will have to be dedicated to that. So sure, cool. Let's move on, Brian, and let's do weekly recommends. Weekly recommends. Okay, go ahead. Sure, I'm going to give you another TV series. I've been hitting the the TV series pretty hard lately. Um, The most recent season, which I believe is the... Hold on. Sorry, Kent. I'm going to check that out because I don't want to say that wrong. Okay. All right, I'm going to start the whole thing over. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to give you a TV series. I know I've been doing that a lot lately, but uh, that's what I've been watching mostly. I'm about to I'm about to start my big movie catch up. Every year in December, I'll probably watch like maybe 20 or maybe up to 40 movies uh, to kind of catch up on the year as a whole. But I haven't quite started that yet, so I'm going to give you one more TV series. And this is one of my one of my favorite uh, hour long shows of the last uh, well, really of ever. But it's it's. Uh, it's most recent season, which is season five, just got released on DVD, and it's uh, it's new season doesn't start until mid January, so you've got six mo- six weeks to let me guess catch up. All right, go for it. Don't trust the bee in apartment twenty three. <laughs> oh, if only it had gotten oh. to six seasons. Man, what a bummer. Uh, no, this show is called Justified. It's on ah. FX, starring uh, one Timothy Oliphant, who is awesome. Just a total total O'Malley, if not uh, someday an American treasure. Uh, just tremendous, really good action character, uh, and he plays it so well. He just plays it so well. The uh, Like I said, the fifth season came out on DVD, or comes out on DVD tomorrow. We're recording this on Monday night, so it comes out on Tuesday. Uh, all of the first four seasons are on Amazon Prime. So if you have an Amazon Prime subscription, you can watch the first four seasons for free. I imagine the fifth season will join it mm-hmm. soon. Um it is a great show. The season five, season five is not a great season. It's it's by far the I think the worst of the uh, of this the five seasons so far. I think it's one where maybe they should have just ended the show a year early because it felt like it was kind of dragging its feet, waiting for what's going to happen in this upcoming season, which I think is going to be uh, quite interesting and exciting. But it's got a little bit of everything. Uh, it can be. Early on, there are like more procedural sorts of episodes. Um, it's got a lot of gunfighting and uh, and kind of backwoodsiness because it's all set in Kentucky. But Timothy Oliphant is great. Walton Goggins, who if you're not familiar with his work, was in The Shield, uh, Sons of Anarchy. He's done a lot of great work. And he's also won an Oscar for his work in a short uh, back in the late 90s. He is a tremendous actor. Um, that I that certainly does not get enough credit, and uh, mm-hmm. people need to see what he's doing. So the the chemistry between Oliphant and Goggins is worth watching the show for just on its own. They have their their rivals that are sometimes uh, on the same team, and their paths continue to cross throughout the you know the five seasons in various ways, and it's always very exciting how that comes together. Um, 
it's really a it's a great TV show, and it is highly it is but it is also highly enjoyable, which I I think a lot of these great uh, golden age sorts of TV shows aren't really necessarily that way. I mean, I love Mad Men. I think it's one of the best shows of all time, but I don't love watching it week mm-hmm. to week. Um, it Breaking Bad in some of its early seasons wasn't enjoyable to me. As It was great, but I didn't really want to sit down and watch it so much. This is one that kind of fits, I think, fits both sides of that of the critical and the just sheer enjoyment level. Um, so really I definitely encourage everybody to check it out. Like I said, you've got about six weeks to, uh, to watch the whole thing before the the final season starts. And, uh, I think it's, it's well worth your, well worth your time. So I hope some people will take me up on that. I just want to tell and alert the, the listeners for this recommend. And this is not my specific recommend, but just to uh, give the listeners a heads up. Uh, a lot of a lot of great stuff being added to Netflix this month. Yeah, starting with uh, a an entry in Brian Gill's top ten movies of all time, which you can go back and listen to in our uh, in our archives. We released for our hundredth episode. We released our top ten movies of all time uh, list, and this one was on there. Uh, Almost Famous is currently on Netflix oh, yeah. now, yeah. so I would I would recommend that. And the yes. Truman Show, which was on my uh, honorable mention list in that episode is also now um, available on Netflix for for instance streaming. So uh, check it out on 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 Netflix. Uh, you know, over the, the course of the month, there's a lot of a lot of great stuff uh, yeah. making its way on there. They just this released, is a really uh, good month for for Netflix releases. Yeah. I added a lot this month, and I don't always do that. They added Agents of Shield uh, season one. They added Helix, which has been a recommend of mine. Uh, in the past, it's a it's a show on sci-fi. They added season one of that to Netflix, so you can catch up on that. And um, and Friends is making its way to Netflix uh, yeah. in the next month too. So I'm sure I'll be binging like crazy. Yeah, all you know, ten you, seasons of Friends. Have you so. seen that whole show? Is that I know that was a Friends? little early. Yeah. Have oh yeah, seen? yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was uh, I was big. I mean, Friends and Seinfeld is like all I watched. Yeah. With if, besides late night. Shows. Sure. I mean, honestly, I've seen every episode multiple times. I'm I'm waiting for Seinfeld to make its way to Netflix. Yeah, same here. Uh, it, which is apparently in the works. So Sweet. Jerry has. I'll, made I'll that totally known. do that, uh, and I'm excited to do Friends as well. Friends was like for me was the introduction to binge watching. Really, to, to the introduction mm-hmm. to TV on DVD. That was the first uh, series that I ever bought a season of something on on DVD, and uh, I think it definitely for me at least it totally changed how i view tv you know who does your tv provider Uh, i have direct tv direct tv okay i need to get your uh your login to use the fx app like have you tried to to use that Uh, i don't think we have it yet or we we didn't last time that i tried it like the last time that i checked in it didn't work yet okay so i don't know if that's what i'm wondering because they have it on apple tv and i fx is like my favorite show or network on cable Mm -hmm. and they Mm -hmm. have a section called Simpsons world yeah, where it's, you know, streaming Simpsons is like, I need to get somebody's login because I have Verizon cable and it, it doesn't oh, work with Verizon, yeah. which is, I don't know why it doesn't work with Verizon or direct TV. That's pretty yeah. ridiculous, but it's very um, frustrating, but I'm looking forward to, to getting into some Simpsons yeah. too. On yeah, demand. I think I'm, I'm going to hold, I think I'm going to hold that until I'm going to hope by the summer that we've got it figured out because that's yeah. what I want to do for the summer. I just want to binge the entire show and all whatever 500 episodes. Right. 
Uh, so my recommend is going to come from FX and animation. Um, there's four seasons currently on Netflix of it, and it's a it's a show I'm not sure if you've gotten into. Might have been a, a recommend, uh, or seasons past might have been a recommend from me. Uh, Archer, okay. uh, starring H. John Benjamin and, and uh, Judy Greer. Uh, really fun animated show, not for kids at all, but um, <laughs> yeah. something that should be enjoyed by anyone that enjoys uh, fun sort of uh, spy spoofs. Um, and uh, really fun animated shows. It's been it's lasted a while. Like I said, it's on the it's fifth season or sixth season right now. So uh, you can catch up on Netflix. Archer, I would suggest that. It's fun. It's one that's fun to just turn on at night while you're going to sleep and, and enjoy. It's not one that requires much thought or uh, processing. So uh, Archer, really fun and cleverly written and great voice acting too. So I thought applicable to this episode. So officially, a recommend for me is Archer. Uh, so check that out. Um, but Brian, where can I find your work online? You can find me on the Twitter at bgill 12 and you can find my writing at CanBabiesDrinkRedBull.com. Kent, what about you? You can find me on Twitter at Kent Garrison and find all of our past episodes on our website at MadAboutMoviesPodcast.com. Remember, only our past 100 or most recent 100 episodes are viewable on iTunes. If you want stuff older than that, you're going to have to go to the site and scroll, uh, scroll all the way back. If you like what you hear, head on over to iTunes and uh, leave us a five-star review because uh, we love those and they go a long way. And on that note, until next week, uh, Richard, hopefully we'll see you, and I'll see you, Brian, yep. at the cinema. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.